Hello everyone, and welcome to the first installment of the new Agze Daily podcast. We are so happy that you are downloading with us this morning, the lovely morning we are broadcasting August 19th, 2016, and we hope everyone has had a wonderful week and that Friday and the rest of the weekend is awesome. My name is Caitlin. I am the editor and curator for the Agsaid Daily Newsletter and for the site, and I will be hosting your podcast this week. So to jump right in, our format is questions and answers from reader emails. And if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, concerns, encouragement, discouragement, whatever you have on the brain this week, please email us at Daily at gmail.com. We'd love to answer any of your foreign affairs and defense news questions in next week's podcast. You can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Daily. So to jump right in, our first and most common question that we get is how do you pronounce the name of your newsletter? Which is a very valid question. We pronounce it Daily. It's the English transcription of a Pashto word meaning thorn, and Pashto is a language spoken in Afghanistan. There is a story behind that, that's for another day, but that is the pronunciation that we have found most commonly used and easiest for English speakers. That is not, we don't think, how you say it in Pashto, but that's what we're going to stick with from now on. So Agze Daily, thanks for that question from about every reader that we have. So the second question, the one we're really going to dive into this week is, who is Fatula Gulen? So this guy has been in the news lately. He is a Turkish cleric that lives in Pennsylvania, and a lot of people don't really understand why he's been in the news. So he came to be in the news recently because Turkey has requested that the United States extradite him back to his homeland of Turkey. This comes on the heels of an attempted but failed coup by parts of the military in Turkey that we did cover on the newsletter, so if you want to read more about it, go back to that edition. So Turkey is requesting that the U.S. extradite him for trial for his role in the attempted coup. They say he inspired it or funded it. He was part of it. So they want him back in Turkey. The U.S. has been hesitant to do this. They've requested evidence to legally make the U.S. able to extradite him. And they've been provided publicly with 85 boxes of evidence saying that he should be extradited back to Turkey. So a little, I guess, background on him. He is the leader of the Gulenist movement. He is a Turkish cleric. He's Muslim. He started this movement um, back in the early 2000s. And he was actually a friend of the current administration and ruling political party in Turkey, the AKP. Until 2013, there was some... Um, corruption investigations in Turkey that the current president of Turkey accused Gulen of being behind. 
And so he went into self-imposed exile in Pennsylvania in the United States and has been there ever since. His movement has millions of followers around the world. And some experts even say that he is the third kind of column in Turkey behind the ruling party, the AKP, and the military, the Turkish military. So he's very influential inside of Turkey and with Turkish populations around the world, including in the United States, where he holds a lot of influence, especially in the charter school community, which seems a little random. But he has funded charter schools around the United States. They came under fire after a New York Times article did an expose on them. But it hasn't really pulled back his influence in those schools at all. He has been under investigation by the U.S. government before for his role in funding these charter schools, which themselves aren't incredibly popular in some political groups, but become even more unpopular when foreign entities are funding them. So why is it important to know about Gulen or what should we, what should we really know about him? He is a global leader. His followers are organized in anything from a loose alliance, some would say, or loose group, to a strict hierarchical society some have even described as a cult. He is on the most wanted terrorist list in Turkey, and they have dubbed his movement the Gulenist Terror Organization, and there is an arrest warrant issued for him in Turkey. U.S. officials like... Bill Clinton, James Baker, President Obama, and Grim Fuller have publicly praised Gulen for his kind of moderate Muslim appeal, both within the United States and in Turkey. His movement came out of kind of a backlash against secular Turkish politics, which you could also say the current administration is playing on for more power in Turkey. Um... It is important to note that there are a lot of top officials in the United States that really like him, which may make an extradition request, even one that is well-founded in evidence, a little bit difficult for the Turkish government. So Gulen has been what we would call pragmatically pro-American. So he's never gone out of his way to be a citizen of the United States, to, you know, publicly praise our goals and actions abroad or at home. But since he lives here, he hasn't taken harsh stances that a lot of people in Turkey have taken against U.S. action, both abroad and at home. He is extremely influential in Turkey still, even though he is no longer there. And it would be possible that U.S. officials could use him to further goals there. That has been one of the criticisms of his movement is that it's too close to the United States, it's too close to American goals, and not close enough to the stated goals of promoting Islam. So a good quote from City Lab on the kind of relation between Americans and Gulen goes, they, meaning Americans, don't understand that by befriending Gulen, they infuriate Muslims in Turkey 
who likewise denounced terrorism, but who also loathed Gulen as a power-hungry opportunist. So this touches on a couple points. So a lot of people like Gulen because he has denounced terrorism. What we should also recognize is that the vast majority of people on planet Earth denounce terrorism. That probably shouldn't really be a giant mark in his favor because that's most people in the world. A lot of people in Turkey see him as power hungry and an opportunist who capitalized on the fear of secular government within Turkey and the idea that a Muslim movement and Muslim influence, Islamic influence and government would be a positive thing. He obviously is not in Turkey anymore, so it is questionable how much influence he is having on the political scene there. Although a lot of people say that there are Gulenists within the top power circles in Turkey still. I think we can safely say that although there are many people who would argue <laughs> with me on this, that the primary objective of the Gulen movement is to increase its share of power, which we can say a lot about a lot of movements and groups, secular, religious, governmental, non-governmental, whatever it is, their primary objective is to increase their share of power. And I think we can safely say that about the Gulen movement. Although a lot of people would disagree. Turkish enemies say that the movement is trying to westernize or Christianize Muslims. And they kind of characterize it as a beast like Mossad, which is the Israeli intelligence agency or the CIA, which is obviously the American intelligence agency. To Western critics, they say that the Gulen movement is an Islamist cult, that it's anti-Semitic, and that generally it's not wanted here in the United States or elsewhere. So all of this comes to a head in the question, why is this important to Americans? Why do we, why should we care about this extradition? Why should we care about Gulen? If you're not Muslim, you probably, even if you are Muslim, you might not have heard of him before. It is important for a number of reasons. Um, the primary of which is a security reason, is an alliance reason, NATO. So Turkey is a NATO member and it has been really vocally disappointed in the reaction of allies' reactions to the recent attempt. So basically, Turkey is very unhappy with how allies reacted to Turkey's reaction to the coup, if that makes sense to any of my listeners. Um, basically, people have kind of lukewarm said they're against the coup. Leaders haven't really said we'd come to your military defense. People have kind of used technicalities within our NATO alliances to say, oh, this isn't really our problem. But if we had the situation flipped and the United States had a military coup, or if France had a military coup, the UK, whatever it was, rest assured that militaries from the NATO alliance would be coming to the defense of the democratically elected government of those countries. And we can safely say that while Erdogan really himself seems to not support reforms towards democracy, and I personally am not a huge fan of him, he was elected by the people of his country, and he is a member of our defense alliance 
And our reaction to the coup probably was not the most reassuring or the best reaction we could have had. So this extradition, if we do it in a legal way, a public way, if there is enough evidence against Gulen, if he really was part of this coup, then he should be extradited back to his country because that's part of the legal framework in which we work in the international community. A major reason why we need Turkey to remain a solid ally, at least in a security zone for the United States is our fight against ISIS. We are using their airspace, we're using their military bases to launch attacks against ISIS, and there really is no other alternative for their airspace and for their bases. We just learned that Russia is now using Iranian bases to launch attacks against ISIS. I could see this as a very worrying development. That alliance could come to encompass Turkey as well. Turkey is in the corridor between Russia and the Middle East. And we really want to keep them on our side in NATO. We really want to keep their support in our use of their bases and in, of their airspace. So John Kerry is going to Turkey at the end of this month. We should definitely watch and see what his words are and read between the lines on whether or not we think that Gulen would be extradited right now. It looks like he will not be extradited. The U.S. doesn't really look in favor of that. It seems he does have people at the top fighting for him. So we should definitely keep that in mind when the decision is finalized, whether or not he will be extradited. Some final thoughts on this question. The U.S. will always experience some tension between our security concerns and our desire to be a respected global leader. Pressures from both within and the international community are validly concerned with the way the U.S. treats people, both legally and morally. But with power comes more security concerns, which have solutions that oftentimes collide with quote-unquote good human rights policies. It will always be a balancing act, and it will take a much more informed populace to keep officials in check for making decisions about this balance. So we hope this little, about 12-minute nugget of knowledge will help inform at least some of the populace on what's going on with this extradition. Hopefully you guys will keep up with this story. We'll definitely keep up with it in the newsletter. We'll be following it very closely, and we'll see what happens. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. This was our first weekly podcast for the AgSA Daily Newsletter. Please send in your reader questions. It can be on anything as broad as the one we went over today to something more specific, anything in the foreign affairs and defense news arena that you are confused about or would like to be discussed or want to talk about. Hopefully we'll get some guests on for you guys soon. But for now, I've been Caitlin. Thank you so much for listening. Please send any questions to agsadaily at gmail.com and visit the site for more information. Bye, guys.